we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. My name is Simone Roche, and I'm your host. And you are welcome to the Be More You season. And this season's always about highlighting how you can smash your goals, smash your journey or your path, but actually being your authentic self. You know, we're not into kind of you've got to do this and you've got to take this up, give this up, you know, change things we want you to be especially more you and that's what this season is all about and we've got another really busy year ahead we've got a brilliant program for international women's day we've got power circles power ups webinars you can find out all about everything we're doing uh, throughout the year on our power platform at wearepower.net. So please do have a have a check in and have a look at what's what's happening. Every week, as you know, we speak to some amazing, amazing humans uh, with fantastic stories. Every story is different, and that is, you know, no no one Northern Power woman is is the same. Everyone's got a different journey, and and this week I am delighted to introduce our incredible guest, uh, Laura Pitharis who is on our Northern Power Women 2022 Future List and is the founder and creative director of uh, Laura Pythoris, which she launched in 2021. Laura has created this new space for sustainable women's wear, luxury fashion, you know, having studied men's wear tailoring at the London College of Fashion and has created to try and find this perfect women's wear suit after years of trying to find one. I really need one of those as well. I hope they work for five foot, five foot people, but this was, you know, this was one of the, the search and not being able to find that was a real driving force behind creating her own label and bringing that femininity uh, to menswear silhouettes and, and refers to her brand as menswear for women's wear, which, which I absolutely love. And her aim is to make women feel their best. So that's brilliant. We want them to be their best selves and they're being more them. So uh, Laura has significant Yorkshire roots and has resourced all of her tailoring wool fabrics directly from mills in Leeds, uh, respecting that whole supply chain and setting out to create that lasting relationships with the suppliers and manufacturers. And Laura was born and raised in Leeds, having been rejected from Leeds College um, of Arts for a foundation year and told was not, you know, and not creative enough to get accepted by the London schools, which was a dream at the time of the degree and instead went to York College uh, before eventually attending the London College of Fashion. So it's been great great, great journey to to get where you are now. And we're going to dive into that in a minute. But Laura, welcome. Thank you so much uh, for joining us on the Northern Power Women podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So congratulations on this new collection. You know, I just said in the intro, you refer to as men's wear for women's wear. Tell me, tell me about that. I know there was a journey, wasn't there? Because you couldn't find that out there. But what was that whole inspiration? So I've always been inspired by tailoring, hence why I kind of specialised in it at London College of Fashion. And for years, working as a designer um, for other brands, I'd always kind of wanted to find a suit made from 100% wool that was made sustainably 
that I could wear both professionally and sociably. I feel like, you know, suits have really come through the last couple of years as as being more accepting for women to wear. Um, and I kind of wanted to break that mold because we're quite often described as when a woman wears a suit, we're power dressing. And I kind of wanted to move away from that and actually normalize um, a suit every day um, for everyday wear and that we could wear it professionally and then go into the evening, put on a pair of heels or a chunky boot. And it kind of does the, you know, works for every kind of situation in a woman's life. So, you know, it was kind of going away from that stigma of power dressing and making it a normality that a woman can wear a suit and feel good and not have to be doing it for any reason other than they wanted to wear a suit. So this is kind of where the brand started. And, you know, tailoring is at, is at our core. And um, I've often worn menswear myself or borrowed my dad's clothes or my husband's clothes. And I think women tend to do that a lot. You know, even when we take the dog out for a walk, we chuck on our husband's jacket. And it was kind of, you know, taking those silhouettes, but actually making them fit for the woman form. So it was complimentary. So we kind of call it the brand is almost like a new form of femininity. And you know, it's, it's interesting when you talk about, you know, that power dressing, you know, there's been so much talk, which gets so frustrating. You know, we don't, we never comment on a, a guy's grey, blue or black suit, do we, you know? Um, but there's so much debate as to, you know, whether women should dress in a less... Like men. Yeah. You know, to be making, taken more seriously. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, it, we get named that all the time, that that's what I'm trying to do, which is, you know, the opposite of what I'm trying to do. And it's kind of... I think women should dress how they want to dress. Like I've always been very into menswear. I've always worn menswear. Um, and it's not because I'm doing that to look like a man or dress like a man or, you know, have those inherent characters of what we think a man is. It's just because I love refined tailoring. I was brought up with a father who's a city worker and had like, you know, beautiful suits. And it's something I admire. And I just think, why can't women wear a suit without the label attached to it? Like, I just think we should, you know, we're all about this equality and I just don't think we should judge either a man or a woman for what they're wearing. And if you want to wear menswear, wear menswear. And it's kind of, that's that's kind of the position I'm coming from is, you know, if, if you feel comfortable um, in the clothing and I've always felt very comfortable in tailoring and the feedback I get from my customers is that they feel, you know, they just throw on a jacket. It just elevates the whole look, whether they're wearing a joggy bottom underneath and an Ugg boot or whether they're wearing the full suit. So I just think women should wear what they want to wear and what makes them feel comfortable and smart. Absolutely. Do you know what? I, I was at a conference uh, at the back end of last year uh, down in London and on one of the stages, um, there was a woman talking about literally defining how you should dress. And it was, you know, when you think, actually, is this, it felt like some kind of parody of something. It felt, I'm like, and, and the audience was really mixed, but it was, there was definitely probably more of a majority of under 30, I would say. And I, I'm, and I was talking with somebody who was on a stand, you know, and, and we both went, did we just hear that correctly? You know, this woman who was, I don't know, of a certain age, but talking about, basically, as said, it was almost like going back to those who know, going back to dynasty kind of world or Dallas. And it was the, it was the, the sort of the big shoulder pads and the, the specifically length skirt and the specifically colored tights. And the, and it was really defined. And I was, we both looked at each other and I had a dress and trainers on the, the woman, a Northern power woman I was talking to. She was like, you know, I had a, I had a dress and heels today. In the end, I decided, 
decided because I'm here with my team on a stand, I'm going to be in, you know, sort of a, a more casual kind of environment because I want to engage with who I'm speaking. But 2022 was, was hearing that conversation, I think kind of really made me eye roll. There was definitely eye rolling, but, but how do we get over that if we've got that seemed to me sort of really outdated, really. Yeah, I think it is outdated. And, you know, this is exactly what I was just saying. I'm seeing, you know, being put in that box myself as a designer, like she's, you know, highlighting power dressing and it's not what I'm doing, you know. And I think the sad thing about tailoring and and suiting and workwear, it just naturally goes into that box and it's about breaking that box. And that is, again, what I was driven to do. And I will continue to do that. And I think a suit is such a statement and it shouldn't be and it's changing that and you know I think women can be put into boxes and so can men you know men can also be put into boxes but I think it's it's about you know it's education almost isn't it it's like you have to wear what suits your modern life and that's something I always say is like I'm a modern woman you know I'm 31 and I design to to fit my world and my life you know our suits are made so that you can wear a sneaker with it because I live in London I get the tube I can't wear a heel you know I'm running around or going to the factory and it's I think clothing should fit into our needs of our life it shouldn't define what we're trying to look like it's it's a a reason for clothing is we put it over us to cover us and 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 say something about our personality it's a freedom of choice it's an expression style is expression in a way you know it's a way of saying this is who I am I love like oversized clothes or I love tight fitting clothes and it's it just shouldn't be it's like a choice it shouldn't be told from somebody else it shouldn't be a list of restrictions it should be a way to play and experiment and that's why you know fashion the world is so creative and there's such a place for it in in our day-to-day world everywhere in the world so it shouldn't be about one person having a list of real rules and restrictions it should be the opposite of that. And that totally fits into everything we're talking about, sort of, not just this year, but, you know, talking about this be more you, being your own self. And I think one of the things that you are very, very authentic about as well is how important it is to use materials from where you heralded from, you know, you're a Yorkshire lass. Um, Why was this so important to you? It felt right, you know, like we've been known in Yorkshire for the mill industry for, I mean, years. It's ingrained in Yorkshire, uh, the same way fabric is in Italy. And it only felt right. Why would I produce a British brand that's made here in the UK and use fabric, say, especially for my tailoring fabrics, not from the UK? So it just made total sense to me. And in the beginning, it was just a natural instinct and a natural calling to reach out to the mills. Um, during studying, I'd actually been to see one of the mills I'm in my second year and bought fabrics for one of my projects. So it felt natural to, again, go back to those roots in Huddersfield, in Leeds. You know, we work particularly with one mill called Alpha Brown, which is, a, which is still a family run business, which is amazing. And just having that connection to my northern roots. I know I'm here based in London and the garments are made in London, but it's having that real connection to where I'm from and also supporting the British industry um, we have to do that because that's another reason why I kind of started the brand is like everything is outsourced why why can't we bring it home when we have such incredible people here working and craftsmanship in our in our 
actually in our peripheral? What, why do we need to outsource when we can go and see and be close and connected to everything? As a designer for years, you know, I just used to hand off a sketch and it would kind of go into the abyss and then this, the design would come back to me. But I really wanted to kind of train myself and learn all the different crafts and see all the different processes and also allow that my customers can go on that journey with me so that when I went to the mill in Yorkshire, you know, when I started the brand, it's, you know, I had that connection to them and heard their story and learned from these amazing people in the North who, you know, their stories are incredible. Some of their grandparents worked there and then they've worked there. And it's just, it's like bringing it home. And I think it's all sense of the word for me. Yes, I live in London. Yes, I'm a Yorkshire born and raised, but it's bringing it home to Britain. And I think we really need to do more of that, especially within the fashion industry, because there's incredible people and network here to work with. And it feels like a living and breathing um, British item that you're working with, some of the good northern northern sort of uh, roots in there as well. And so to talk to me, take, you know, take me back to that moment when you were rejected from the Leeds College of Art. Um, how did you deal with that? Because like that's disappointment beyond belief. This is what you want to do. This is where you want to go. And what did you do with that? I mean, I think it was the biggest lesson life could have given me. I was a bit sheltered before that. I thought, you know, I was taught if you work hard, you get the rewards. And, you know, my schooling was about that. I worked hard and I got results, you know, like A-level results that I'd achieved. And this is the first time where I'd worked really hard and I didn't get the results. And I think it was a great test because I remember saying to my dad, but I worked hard. And he was like, but that's not life, Lou. You know, you just because you worked hard doesn't mean you're going to get that job. There's 10 other people trying to get that job. Um, and I think it really kind of, you know, this is something that I've wanted to do since I was 13. And it was like, you know, oh, my journey isn't going the way it should be. And it kind of was, it really tested me of how much I wanted it. It tested me in my own belief, you know, I was a, quite a confident teen um, to know really what I wanted to do it was quite a rare thing. Um, and it really tested me completely because I just was not expecting it. And I think, you know, it prepared me for the next steps that I was about to face, which again, the industry is not easy. It's a tough industry, the fashion industry, everybody knows it, but you, you think, oh, well, maybe I can just like, you know, kind of get my way through if I work hard but it's not about that life is you know a bunch of tests and I think getting rejected from there was the biggest test I was about to face and I think we all have to go through rejection to really really work for what we want and I think it's a really important part of growing and maturing and 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 I just I'm so happy I had that experience because at the time it felt like my world was cascading and I have a plan and I'm not able to go to the next step, but it was, okay, so where shall I go? What are the other resources? And it's, I just think one person can have an opinion of you and then another can have a completely opposite. And I think you have to find inner strength, which sounds a bit cheesy, but you really have to believe in your core and what you're working and striving for, because you are going to get knocks, whatever career you go down, whatever life situation, there's always going to be somebody telling you you're not good enough. And it's up to you to listen and put in the work where they're actually giving you criticism. Okay, I'm going to focus a bit more on my drawing here or I'm going to focus a bit more on my sewing here to really push forward. So it was a great knock, upsetting time, but really happy that happened. And do you know what? That's great advice. No, you know, matter, you know, for people listening out there, no matter what industry they're at, what level they're at, I think that is just, you know, we don't, we, we don't really 
always celebrate that failing. So I think that is a, I think that's a, that's a really brilliant advice for anyone out there. And then, and then you say it just clicked. You got the place at London College of Fashion. Things were tough. You were very young and, and, and had sort of limited sort of experience. Again, things, things that are happening in, to people every day in their industry. What the, any sort of, top tips out there because it's a bit like you know sometimes it's build a field and it will come something clicks how did you hang on in there I mean I think I was tested again like I, like those first three years in the industry I mean you're not in working in the industry but LCF was definitely like what their kind of narrative to us was you need to intern you need to work every single summer every single break and they really trained us for what the reality of the industry was and coming from Leeds Again, in you know, like Leeds is a, a, a big city, but it's you know a small London, let's say. And you're figuring out how the tube works and how you, you don't live in like necessarily the safest of areas in your halls of residence. And it's kind of like they really throwed you into the deep end. And I think um, it it kind of was kind of a you're either going to sink or you're going to fly. And and for the first two years, to be really straight with you, I was sinking. I was you know, the youngest in my class, they'd all been like, oh, I've interned at Alexander McQueen, where have you interned? And I'm like, nowhere, um, because I'm here to study and here to intern now. Um, so there was a real competitive element. And I'm not very good with competition, because I've always been kind of my soul on my own doing my own thing. And there was this real element of, you know, who's best, who's not. And I kind of think I just kind of put myself, well, I'm in the bottom half of this group. And you know, I'm just going to focus. And I had amazing tutors that luckily stayed behind with me and taught me things like how to make a pocket, which I was struggling with, because I couldn't just get my head into it the same way others had who had already done a degree and already knew how to sew and thread the machine. If I would just sit there being like, oh, this is so complicated, where do I start? And I think um, it was just the resilience of learning, the resilience of being open again, like I said, to criticism and and just putting all the energy into the areas that I was struggling. Because sometimes as humans, we avoid the areas that we're not very good at. And we only focus in on the things that we think, oh, we're really good at this. So I'm going to put my energy there. But actually, what I've learned through my career is I wasn't good at everything in this industry. And if you actually put time and focus into the into the areas and listen to the teachers and the people that are willing to guide you and be polite with it. You know, they could see I was struggling. They could see I wanted it, but they could see that it was real challenge for me. You know, having that kind of extra help and hand, I kind of then in the third year was interning alongside building my graduate collection, which was the most stressful year and had actually way less time because I was at Lou Dalton at the time working three days a week, but actually having that kind of less time made me more focused because I was getting so inspired from working in the industry and working with a really creative designer who was, you know, building her business and was teaching me so much um, through me just watching her to then come into school and be like super focused on my own kind of set and not comparing myself to my classmates. And something clicked and I ended up actually graduating with a first, which was not predicted, you know, um, but it just kind of it all came together in that moment. And I think it was I kind of let myself go on the journey. And instead of feeling like, oh, I'm not very good at this or should I quit or should I look at a different uni? I thought, no, I really wanted this. I'm going to put the work in and I'm going to stop comparing myself because everybody in that class has a different level to me. So it just has to be that you are on a different journey to them. You're part of the same year. You're going through the same motions. You're meeting the same deadlines. 
but you have different requirements and different needs and different skills. And let's focus in on those skills. And to be honest, just having that kind of sidestep with Lou, I think then made my time so much more focused at uni that I didn't have time to worry. I was like, I've got to, I've got to sew this garment, you know, I've got to be then back for fashion week with Lou. So it was, I think it was just kind of not worrying, which is so hard to do in those kind of incredibly tough situations. But you've just got to be on your own path. And I think that's the biggest lesson I learned was like, you've got to just stay focused and not compare. It's brilliant. It's brilliant learnings. And so let's just finally fast forward 2023, London Fashion Week. Yeah, which is mad. (laughs) Yes, so excited. (laughs) Yeah, it feels all a little bit crazy. Um, So I got some amazing advice from somebody who's been helping me and nurturing me as a designer who's worked in the industry for years. And it was actually her push that was like, Laura, I think you need to get in touch with BFC, which is the British Fashion Council. And, um, you know, just see what kind of the initiatives are there. And because I was like, oh, we're not fashionable enough. We're we're quite practical, you know. And actually, it, I feel like the industry is coming back to a bit more practicality in clothing that has a reason and a purpose to exist, which is, you know, that's the type of designer I am. I'm not just designing fanciful pieces as much as I would love to, but I am a business and I have to sell, you know. So it was um, a real moment of kind of testing the water of something I thought I didn't fit into. Again, massive learning because uh, here I am and it's in a really exciting and amazing time and I can't wait to be part of you know London Fashion Week and we've created a short film which is going to be um, live streamed on the 17th of February on London Fashion Week's website and it's kind of a bit of a pinch me moment because you know all those people that said I wasn't good enough and rejected me it's like well here I am. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we will be following your progress during uh, London Fashion Week and beyond. Um, Laura, I cannot thank you enough for joining us on the podcast today. And I love that actually all of your journey is so relatable. It's so relatable. And I know our listeners out there will really enjoy listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. We wish you the best of luck and continued success and cannot wait to be strutting in one of these amazing suits. Uh, your website, the check out the website. It's beautiful. It is a work of art in itself as well. Just really beautiful. So thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, like I said at the beginning of the call, an absolute pleasure. So really thank you. Oh, amazing. And thank you all for listening to us. If you would like to get in touch, please email at podcast at northernpowerwomen.com. Joining us on all our socials at North Power Women on Twitter and Northern Power Women on all the other ones. Uh, and stay connected on our power platform, which you will be able to see all the new developments that are coming our way and the runway of events that we've got for the rest of this year as well so thank you so much um my name is simone you've been listening to the northern power women podcast a what goes on media production oh, yeah.